you think I'm going to give you bad shit, Dan? I mean, come on. BS? But, yeah. I mean, of course not. Oh, yeah. No, but you can. I mean, you think I'm going to be bad at anything? You continually surprise me. <laughs> D- Dan, how do you pronounce your, how do you pronounce your last name? Oh, Daniel Jordan. Okay, okay perfect. Excellent. Dan Listen. Jordan. You know, <laughs> I, wait, wait. I want, to, I want to explore that for a second. I, I must have set the bar pretty low if I continually surprise you. Oh, no. No. <laughs> you, you started hot. Nice comment. <laughs> you, you can't. I don't so, know. I can introduce you as Danielle Jordan. Aujourd'hui. Yeah. So, I, you know, my si- my sister's name is the most beautiful name ever. Juliette Natasha Jordan. I mean, it's beautiful, right? Yeah, that's right. She is. married a guy. And now her name is Julie Klug. Oh, I mean, gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, mo- I, I moved to Georgia. It's Dan Jordan. I'm fine. Dan Jordan. Uh, that's yeah. right. Ex- like exactly. Well, I want to welcome everybody to Melman Podcast. My name is Zach Marzo. David Melman. And we have Chris Cruz and Dan Jordan here with Sales Arbiter. These guys are awesome. Really excited to have them here today. Uh, they're going to share a little bit about what they do, um, how they can help you, and you know, maybe even give us a little... Uh, free advice maybe for some businesses out there that uh, need a little bit of help, but these guys are great. We're going to have uh, an awesome time and uh, let's just kick it off right away. And uh, Chris, you can introduce yourself, pass it along to Dan. Let's rock and roll. Thank you. Thank you. Chris Cruz with Sales Arbiter. Uh, so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting us in. Thank you. Guys. So uh, yeah, Dan, give a little, give a little information about Sales Arbiter. I know you love doing it. Well, first so of all, I got to let you know. This is a challenge because you used like the four letter word, the F word that Chris Cruz is. <laughs> I actually saw chills, you know, on his arm when you mentioned the word free. Yeah, that's the F word. Yeah, that's which is odd because we're talking to a bunch of lawyers, too. You guys should feel the same way. <laughs> well, the lawyers here work on percentages, so nothing up front. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, no, right. that's right. Nothing up front. Good point. You know, it's funny. I give a lot of presentations and um, I, I talk, you know, how to sell. And I said, people buy for a certain amount of reasons. And you know exactly what, how people act because 98% of the people that you meet right. are human. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so everybody always asks me, what's the other 2%? Very quickly, I say lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a different mindset. And that 2% is not uh, in the room, David and myself. Uh, <laughs> Do the fun stuff uh, here and just make people happy, but that that's hilarious. That's true. Right. Well, that's I true. mean, it is, but listen, they're very necessary. I'm actually, I make fun of them only because they have broad shoulders and they're able to handle it. <laughs> they have to, but no, uh, it would be a it would be a lot tougher to conduct business without you guys. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. So tell a little that. bit about the company about I, I, sales arbiter. Yeah, what do we do? The sales arbiter very quickly. And this is something everybody needs to know how to explain what they do very succinctly. And we always talk about doing it in terms of outcomes. So what we do is we help companies who want to build self-functioning, highly profitable sales teams for their business. That's it. Do you know anyone like that? Yeah. We can know a few. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but but you see, you hear, did you, do you know anyone like that? That's right. I forced them to answer. That's right. You know what I'm doing? I'm but closing, baby. That's right. Always closing. I love closing. it. I love it. I love it. That's right. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what Sales Arbiter does? Because Chris Cruz is actually the uh, the inspiration behind it. You know, very quickly, what he did, I, I had a staffing company for many years, and Chris would come, and every, every couple of years, he'd come back. He says, I need a new one. Because what would happen <laughs> is, what would happen is he'd go into companies, and 
He revamped their entire sales team, their whole structure, all the processes, put them in place that everybody knew exactly what to do, grew the company by millions, every company that he went to. And then they didn't need him anymore because all the processes were in place. <laughs> and so they get rid of him and he comes to me, I, I need another one. And so finally I said, you out your mind? It's time to start a consulting practice and do this on your own. That's right. So why don't you tell us how you, how you do that stuff, yeah, Chris Cruz? Thank you. So, you know, Dan is, and I'll just say this, and he loves me to put, put him on the spot like this, but he is one of the best, if, if not the best, business development you know, personalities I've ever seen. I mean, this guy, you know, he is a monster. And, and, you know, we talk about what's it take, you know, what's it take to be successful in your business, right? Um, and there's, there's two major components. You know, the one is, are you, do you, have you set the operational processes in place, you know, to make sure that you can grow your business effectively? I mean, that is huge. And, and it, sometimes that gets overlooked. You know, sometimes we're just like, yeah, we want to we start a business. Let's just jump right in, right? So to Dan's point, I, was, I knew right from the rip that there's no way, you know, no way that I was going to be able to, to work in my business and on my business. Yeah, and Dan and I had been talking for years, and we had been friends for years, and I was trying to figure out how can we do something together. You know, how can I? Is there any way I could convince this guy? You know, to to be a partner of mine in this in in this journey. And uh, and after a couple, you know, conversations, we just realized it was it was meant to be. And I can see the little tear coming from Dan's eye over there. I wish you. I wish we the, have tissue somewhere. I wish I wish the. Yeah, I wish we'll the, find I wish him. We'll I find wish him. the uh, you know those that are listening could hear could see it. Um, but I, I will tell you, it, it takes both. You know, you have to be aggressively getting out there, building your business. You have to be, you have to have that mindset every single day to get after it, to get after it, to get after it. Then you have to same, have the same tenacity as you're building your business to be, to use your crystal ball in a way that you can actually, you can actually say, okay, if, if we do what we want to do with this organization, right? We're going to build it to X, whatever that is, a million, two million, five million, ten million. Then operationally, you have to be strong enough to say, okay, what is that going to look like, right? And really peel back that onion and try to make a determination on how you're going to manage those resources and, and, and actually get them trained, you know, get them operational, you know, how you're going to do all of that. Um, so those two things, you know, a lot, a lot of organizations have it wrong. You know, I've, I've been, I have been a part of an organization, it's sad to say, that they actually, there was a locked door between the operations group and the business development and the sales group. And, you know, I kind of felt like, you know, uh, what, in Germany, I was like, tear down that wall, man. Sure. <laughs> you sure, know, yeah. I mean, because, because that, <laughs> it, no matter what, you, you know, anyone that believes that, that operate, if the best companies out there, operationally, you know, they are joined at, you know, in some ways at the hip, you know, with the, with the sales and, and business development group. And, uh, and that's the reason why we're having the success that we're having now. I mean, I really believe that. I believe that that's the reason why sales arbiter is growing so rapidly is because we have that one, two punch. And people are willing to listen. You know, I think it's tough to enter somebody's world. They own a business, whether it's a couple employees or whatever it is, but then, they're for one, they're reaching out to you or you're finding them depends on how you get the lead. 
but they have to be open enough to listen to you to change their system. People have egos. People think what they do is right. But when it comes to business, you want to trust the expert to go in there, go through everything and see what's going on, fix this, make this better. Doesn't mean everything is wrong, but I'm sure you can walk into any business, including ours, and you can fix a lot of things and make it more efficient. That's right. So they have to be open for that. So you guys created a business to help other businesses, you know, and have them understand what they're doing wrong. I think that's even maybe something on your shoulder with that, because it's not a, not my opinion. It'll be harder for, you know, to have somebody open up to you and then, you know, here you go. This is what's going on. How do you make it better yeah. versus another business opening up, trying to just do a business? You're in there actually trying to get in somebody else's business, making it better for them. That's right. So they have to have an open mindset to let you in there. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, from what I've seen, I've known you for a couple of years now yeah. when it comes to operations or execution. It's been it's been an awesome experience with you and everything. Yeah. So, thank you. Um, so, you know, here's but you you, you kind of touched on it, Dave. And here's the thing. Our, our uh, you know, our industries, there's a lot of similarities sure. between what we're doing and what what you're doing with with Melman. Sure. You know, it's 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 a fact, you know, your pain and injury or a pain and injury firm, sure. right? And and that's what, we use that term. We use pain. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when, when we're out there and when Dan's prospecting, cold calling, when he's, you know, trying to grow the business from the, you know, from the development end, that business development end, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to dig down to that pain. Like we're trying to understand, okay, does this company really have a compelling reason to do business with us. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and a lot of it's surface pain, like, it, and you see it with your clients too. Sure. You know, somebody comes in, they say, Hey, you know, I got a little bump, whatever happens, da da da. And then you figure out, you know, there's, just, there's really nothing here. Sure. There's really nothing here for us. And you have to, you have to disqualify. Yeah. You know? And, and that's a nice way in a nice way in, in a, you know, sensitive way, I guess right? you in a say. sensitive way. Sure. And, and, but those that you qualify and that, that tell their story, makes sense that they trust and believe in you and all the great things that your company does to, to build that relationship, right? Same thing that we're doing. But if we can't get down to that, you know, if we can't get down to that, it, it, there's, there, it's never going to, we're never going to be able to move that, that, that prospect to a client and we're never going to be able to produce what that client really needs. Sure. Right. And those are the similarities. And that, that's why, you know, I was really interested to see how this whole podcast thing was going to go. Sure. But then once I started kind of churning through those ideas and really thinking about, you know, what are the connections between what you guys do? You know, because you build, you know, there, there's not one time that I've heard, you know, and, and I've heard lots of stories about your organization. Sure. Um, I think one thing that sets it aside from kind of the jokes that we made at the beginning was that, you know, you have to have compassion and you really truly have to care about the clients that you serve, that we serve. And, you know, that comes out in different ways. Uh, but I, I think that comes out in the way that you're managing through the, the you know, the, their, their pain. Uh, it comes out in, in, um, in the way that you're, you're operationally, you're moving, you know, that whole case in your, in your case, right? Sure, sure. Moving that case through and then the outcome. And the outcome is best when, when we do have some personal, you know, um, personal connection with those that we serve. Right? 
Makes 100%. sense. It, it is. Makes, it makes sense. It is. Yeah. It's like a, it's a fine line too. I was having a conversation uh, with one of our clients um, yesterday and just in the back of my mind, I'm thinking there's probably very few other firms um, that are, I guess, relating to their clients more on a personal level. You don't want to push it too far, right? Because then it's like, oh, we're best friends. Now you have to do everything for me for free. <laughs> right. Chris, Chris's favorite word. Uh, the F but, word. Man, you know, it hurts me. It, it hurts me to hear it. You know, but at the same time, I feel like more often than not, you know, you uh, relate to somebody on a human level, which David talks about all the time, um, that, you know, there's just a more of a lasting connection and, you know, that care is there and they won't forget that, you know, they may forget some other firm or whoever, you know, maybe they made him some money, this, that, or the other, but you make an impression with your team on a personal level and show that passion, compassion, and care throughout. And most people don't forget that. At least I don't when I'm working with another uh, organization and I get that same type of treatment. That's right. That's right. You know, I want to explore this for a second. Again, I want Dan to jump in here too, but yeah, you know, it's the F word. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Dad kind of mentioned it before, you know, the word, uh, it's just so hard for me to <laughs> say it, but free. Now, here's the thing. It, remember, what, what, we're, what we're doing for our, for our clients, what we're doing for the businesses that we're helping to grow, if we, if we give it away, then that's exactly how much it's worth, right? I mean, think about that. You know, if you give it away, it's exactly how much it's worth. And so, you know, that's why I'm, every business that's out there, you know, we're all, we're all fighting for, you know, the value proposition. What makes us better? What makes us, you know, than our competitor? How can we, you know, how can we serve our clients in a better way? How can we get them better results? You know, we're all, we're all fighting for that. So there has to be some, you know, self-value. You know, you have to be able to say to yourself, okay, you know what, what, I, what we do is valuable. I mean, Dan, is there ever a time that you go out and you say, man, we're, yeah, we're too cheap? Yeah, that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is, uh, you know, the, that, the F word that he talks about there, we're talking about in terms of sales. In terms of sales, you don't want to give anything away for free. But I'm sure you guys as attorneys, do you go for a half hour free discovery call? Yeah, typically if there is a new client that calls, they can have a consultation for free with the attorney. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. So that that's actually a sales call. 100%. So, I mean, that's what it is. They call in and you want to find out to qualify or disqualify them. Mm-hmm. So in, the, in terms of that, it, uh, businesses have been built and anybody who's looking to do a startup business or start, you know, the definition of a business is not having an office. The definition of a business is not having, you know, a plans and a business plan and a loan. The definition of a business is having a customer. (laughs) Just one. Let's just start with one. Right. You know, that's where it starts. And so when we work with companies as well as our own, but when we work with companies, uh, we just have these, this adage that new sales solves all your problems. And if it doesn't solve them, it doesn't cure them, at least makes them better. And that's where we go. So yes, operationally, there's a lot of business uh, consultants out there that go out there and they'll, they'll do your back office and do all the operation stuff. But unless you don't have that constant influx, that, that ability to close for new business, which sometimes costs some money in marketing mm-hmm. and costs money in terms of, uh, in terms of giving, giving services away that way just to get some people in, uh, for the purposes 
of acquiring customers and qualifying and disqualifying them from the start. So, you know, and then, and especially in your business, makes no sense uh, it, as far as cheap or not cheap enough. You get like a third of whatever they get on the thing. And so it, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever you charge, whatever you pay for it, it's minuscule compared to what the outcome will be. That's right. And you do a good job. That's sure. right. And, and go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to yeah. say, you know, yeah. Dan, and I say this to him often, I say, Jan, your genius is showing. I mean, because if we go back to, to really thinking about how the whole concept of how sales arbiter started, you know, I came to Dan, I said, Dan, I said, I'm out there. I'm now I'm making a transition from this last company that I was with. I'm floating my resume out there. I'm getting, you know, I'm talking to a bunch of different companies and they're all saying the same thing. They're saying, man, we, we need a business development leader for our organization. We need somebody that can come in and help us, you know, build scalable process so then we can grow. You know, we're at that point right now where we really need that and we wish we could afford you. We wish we could afford you. You know, it kept coming. It's like the universe was opening up, right? Sure. And, and I, so I said, okay, I'd done consulting in the past. I mean, and, and I said, so what if, what if you could, right? What if, I, what if we figured out a way that you could bring me on as a consultant? I could help you set up these organizational processes and help you grow your business and use, my, you know, use some of my customized tools that I've built for, to, to help other businesses grow. You know, what if we could do that? And I said, come in, let's talk about it. You know, let's discuss how, let's see how we can make that happen. And so as I'm having conversations with Dan saying, hey, we, you know, you think we can do this? We can do this together. You know, whatever that looks like. You know, when I say his genius is showing, he's like, well, you got clients. So now that you have clients, you know, that want to utilize your service, you have a business. And now that you have a business, then, you know, timing sounds good. We should do it together. It's so beautiful, and and he touched up on a good point, Dan. That prospect, when they call in or you call, the person on the other line, us, Zach, our attorneys, it's so important to have the right person on that call, and I always tell that to Zach. Um, a lot of firms can have an intake process, and the first day he started here, I had him call a huge firm. I'm not going to name, name a name, and before you can even get into a conversation about the case, there's a 15-minute questionnaire about their address, their phone number, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Right. We close deals probably in under eight minutes to sign an attorney contract via electronic DocuSign. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not even coming in here right. because they trust the Google presence, they trust the reviews, they trust the source it came from, but they trust the person on the phone too. Right. So if you have the wrong person on that phone, your deal can be shot. Even if they're willing to sign up, if you have the wrong person talking to them, I'm a firm believer of it can be shot immediately. You brought up a good point on value. A lot of times our clients will, potential clients will call and they say, hey, we called a different firm and they're charging 30% or 28%. And that, I love that. That makes me shiver, you know, <laughs> because five years ago, would I go down or would I talk to Marina and she would go down? At times we would, depending on the case. Now yeah. he knows. They don't want to go with our that percentage is based on our value and our team. And I'm not going to lower or degrade our value That's because true. another firm wants to drop at five or 7%. Yeah. Because what matters is the end number, not the percentage number. There's so many variables that go into that transaction mm -hmm. and the attorney fee is the smallest one out of it. Right. And we explain so how, that to how them. Do you, how do you overcome that? So I'd for, like to hear you. Sure. So they'll call us and they'll say, you know, X firm will charge 30%. You're at 33%. Um, 
can you match 30? And this is what I'll tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we're at 33% for a reason. We have gr- a great team here that supports you throughout the whole process. You know, we'll help you with the property damage as well when other firms will not. They're just an injury firm. Mm-hmm. And we hear it time and time. We're only representing you for the injury. Do not talk to us about the property. Right. And then I go into this. Our average case settlement, I believe, is substantially higher than other firms. We have great resources, great doctors we work with. So when you're looking at 30% on a $10,000 settlement versus 33% on a $40,000 settlement, that percentage is useless when <laughs> right. it comes to what you're walking away with. That's right. And I trust our brand enough to decline, you know, and I wish you nothing but success, <laughs> and I hope it works out. But I will tell you this. We jump in from the beginning. We don't jump in in the middle end of the cases. We get clients all the time that call us two months in. They don't like their lawyer, but they've already treated for a few months. We don't know who they're working with. We're not interested. If we can't jump in from the beginning and get it going, we're not going to play damage control. And I wish them nothing but success. And they figure out quickly after two weeks when their calls are not getting answered to help with their property damage because that's the biggest concern up front, not the injury. They want their car fixed. They have to go to work. Right. And how are you as a firm not going to be jumping in and having a property damage team helping them? Yeah. You're not making money on that. We don't make a dollar on property damage, but that's a value add we throw in there. Right. So I just, I yeah. So you know what I heard there? Yeah, go. We need to go after attorneys because, <laughs> I mean, we could triple this guy's closing ratio. Uh, yeah. I, well, yeah. We, I we never asked my ratio. No, no, but I, I do like to, he did he use a takeaway. Yeah. He did use a takeaway. After I like 20 that. minutes. I like I I got you, but okay. you, come on. Uh-huh. I mean, come on. <laughs> we, there's uh, listen. There's things we can work on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we can work. This on. is why you're here. I love it. That's right. But you, you, know? but you're you are absolutely right with the first thing that you had said uh, regarding the person answering the phone, and in this in this new environment that we're in, uh, and I say new environment. Every day is a new environment. Doesn't matter. Just there's constant competition. The great thing about America is we got new businesses starting every day, new businesses failing every day. We got people moving every day. We got people losing their jobs every day. We got people (laughs) being born every. It's the greatest thing. I mean, (laughs) every day you have an opportunity to you know to move forward. Um, And uh, in this world, with so much competition and so much access that people have uh, online for everybody, the most important part of the sale given that you can get information anywhere, the most important part of the sale is the salesperson. The person that answers the phone. That person needs to be trained, needs to have scripting, that person needs to understand philosophy, uh, human nature, and how to deal differently with different people Mm -hmm. with the ultimate goal in mind of serving and helping. And You might be David's... uh you know, a long lost relative. It sounds exactly <laughs> like what he says. Right. And I didn't mean to, but, you know, cut you off there or jump in, but it is a thousand percent right. And I'll let you go back at it. But I, I just think of a time you call a restaurant for a reservation and the host or hostess has like the worst possible attitude. And I don't care how right. awesome their food right. is. You just kind of have like this, you know, uh, just bad taste in your mouth from the beginning. And you're like, God, who hired that person? You know, like they're the ones that answered the phone to take my reservation and who knows, maybe turned it away. So I, I'm, I agree with you a thousand percent. Well, I think we're long. I mean, you're better looking. No, not yet. I, I got to cut down a little more. I'm on a diet. Are you? Um, Ten more pounds. <laughs> what are, what are you doing for diet? Because what when people working from home right now, I mean, I literally cannot pass the refrigerator without I have a, a treadmill room. desk right across oh, the room. One, who is your ideal customer, client? Yeah. Um, because not everybody 
well, maybe people have some, I mean, maybe you can do something for everybody. Sure. I don't know. You might target a certain um, business with a certain amount of employees, profit, whatever. But right. the biggest thing is probably, well, like we need help. But usually when people need help, they don't have, if they had extra money, they probably would be okay. If they <laughs> right. don't have extra money right. and they need help, that doesn't really go together. Like I need help, but I don't have money to pay for you. Yeah. Zach, go ahead and define extra money. Yeah. Um, I would say... A lot of, I I don't know many other businesses and how they're operating, obviously, but I'm sure just like a person that can save, they live paycheck to paycheck and maybe they have a little bit of extra money and that might be for bonuses at the end of the year. But how the heck am I going to, you know, pay you guys who, you know, can double my business potentially if I don't have anything right now to give? But so I'm let desperate. Me, yeah, let me jump in there. So here's the so here's what's the, the first answer to that is this is that as we're going through the qualifying and disqualifying process, right? We're hitting budget early and often. And that's what we you know, we're we're talking about that because the fact of the matter is if the pain is not great enough, then the you know, then the compelling reason to stay the same is greater than changing the right. actual pain itself. Sure. Sure. Right? Makes sense. It makes sense. So, if you if there's if the pain isn't great enough, and there's no compelling reason to do it, and it's going to be too much of a financial impact for the organization, then they're just not a good fit for us. You know, sure. They they may understand it. They may get it. They may even know that they need it. You know, it kind of reminds me, you know, with everything going on in the world right now, right? Um, it, yeah, uh, I I think it was you know maybe a week ago or so. I rewatched the movie I Am Legend with yeah, Will awesome. Smith. Yeah, right? great movie. Right. So at the towards the end of the movie, and I don't want to ruin it for any of the listeners if you haven't seen it yet. But towards the end of the movie, you know, he's in this scene, and he's being attacked right by all these zombie like creatures, right. And he's like screaming at the top of his lungs and he's saying, you know, I can help you. I can save all of you. Right? Great mm-hmm. scene. Uh-huh. I can save all of you. And, you know, Dan and I feel like that. So I like, I, I feel like that so often. You know, it's like because people have put this thing, you know, the sales, you know, thing in a box. And they've said, you know, that's like a, it's a riddle wrapped up in an enigma. Nobody can figure it out, you know? And I don't know, you know, it's sales, you know how those guys are, you know? And it really isn't that hard. I mean, it's literally, we, we have the antidote, you know, it's the process. It's those functional pieces that you have to put in place, you know, to same operation. We were on a call this morning with one of our, one of our best clients, and he's sitting, the, the CEO of the company is sitting there scratching his head. And he's saying, I would never allow my company to, to be run like it's being run, you know, operationally. I would never allow my company to run like it's being run on the sales side. And what, let me translate that for you. Sure. So operationally, they have all of these functions in place and this whole process in place. So when they acquire a client, that they take them through a functional operational process to be able to make sure that they're delivering the product and service that, they're, that, they're, that their client expects. 
<laughs> but they don't have that same component installed when it comes to sales. They don't have all of those things that they need, you know, installed when it comes to sales process, managing the event, staying in control of, you know, staying in control of your prospect, you know, making sure that you're bookending end to end, you know, that you're closing, that you're closing down, you know, that the compartments the right way in the sales process that we, we, that we train to, you know, all of those things that are just so vitally important. Yeah, he would never allow that to happen operationally for his organization, but he's allowing it to happen in the business development realm. How does that make sense? It's almost backwards because you're like, oh, I have a, I can make, <laughs> I can make this. It's an amazing product, but now I actually have to find somebody to buy it, aka a business being started, having someone on the other end. So you would think that if you have your sales process down first. I, it wouldn't be first. They have to be together, but I would almost pick having the sale down first than having the operation down just because you can have all the operation stuff, but nobody to sell it to. Right. It's scary. You know, we had, I had a, a lawn care business uh, years ago. Uh, and all we did was weed control and fertilization. All we do is weed control. Now we had, you know, 3000 homes that we did and but all we did was weed control and fertilization. People call us all the time. Can you cut, mow, and blow? No, all we do is weed control and fertilization. And one day we got a call from a subdivision. It was 170 houses. And they called and they said, we'd like someone to do the whole thing, uh, cut, mow, and blow. Do you guys do that? And my ginger, uh, my office gal who's still with me, she's terrific, answered the phone. She says, do you do that? And she says, absolutely. And we started a business. <laughs> On 176 homes, not because we knew anything about it or what to do, but we got the customer. How do you not go into business? How do you not do it? They had a compelling need. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing. And just to piggyback what, what Crispin was saying before, isn't that cool, by the way, that his name is Crispin? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, you don't meet many. I wonder if it's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You know, we're talking about it. if someone doesn't want what you have, if they don't have a compelling need for what you have, and if they're not the decision maker for what you have, even free is too much. That's right. That's right. You can't push a rope uphill. You know, just, just go ahead and find the people who have the need and the problem. And, you know, when you do it right, Crispin Cruz. Yes, sir. You don't got to worry about selling. You just got to allow your prospect to buy. That's right. Dang, that's good. That, we, that's great. That's a drop the yeah. mic moment. Isn't I mean, that, it really I mean, is, just, but we can't drop these because they're yeah, like, hey, they're on. Gary V says that. He, he, Gary V says if he's in a meeting and he knows it's going to be a no and he has an hour blocked off for that, he's done. He's done. If he senses no, why keep going into it? That's exactly If he right. senses no, he's done. That's what he says. He gets up. You know, respectfully, obviously, but he finds his exit and he's out. Mm -hmm. He's not going to waste and try to convince a no to a yes if it's a complete no. But if you're on the borderline, a maybe, you know, at that point, you're going to put the energy in, I would think, right? right. To shift to a yes. Because most people are probably maybes when they call you. They don't know cost. They don't know. They haven't answered the questions you've asked them yet. That's so right. Now you have their brains thinking. Yeah, so. they don't know. They don't know the questions. Most companies, a, a normal auto repair shop, or a normal chiropractor, or or uh, even attorneys, sure, sure, they just don't know the questions. 
to ask that they can elicit. They're too busy doing feature and benefit selling, you know, pushing instead of allowing just people to come towards them just by asking the right question. Well, let me ask you, assuming you love it, assuming every, after we talk about for an hour here, everything that we can do for you, assuming you love it, uh, is $2,500 to $5,000 a month something you guys can afford right now? Yeah. If we, if we loved it? Yeah, if you love it. Could it be something we could afford? Yeah. Sure. Okay. It, it, it could be there. Okay, good. Now... Now we have, so, so what you're saying that if you love it and you see how much it can do for your business, you know, $5,000 a month is something that's in your budget. 25 to 500 as 25,000. Yeah. It could be depending if I love it and I see what I look at. Absolutely. Boom. Okay. So now we've just, you know, qualified that little thing there, but you could go an hour and a half and get to there and like, wow, that's way too much. We, and no, we were thinking, we were yeah. thinking like the guy that we met with, you know, for the, uh, the social media company or whatever it was uh, that we were talking with, you know, he's like, well, I got a, I got a coach, you know, and I pay him, I don't know, five or $600 a, a month. And we're just like folding it up. We're just like, you know sure. what? It's, this isn't gonna, this isn't our, this isn't our client. So to go back to answer your question, Zach, you know, we work with all different organizations. I mean, we have a restaurant group that we work with. We have a technology company. We have, we have a media company that we work with. You know, um, so they're all over the board, you know, but these, they're the same functional pieces that they need for their organization. You know, we, we customize it for every client that we work with or for. Um, but, but what we do is we do bring in those foundational pieces for them. So then they can, they have the ability now to scale. I mean, cause that's what they want to do. You know, all of our, all of our if clients. They want, if they want to do that. If they want some, some people don't want to do that, but the, the, the outcome from all of the processes after, after our engagement with someone, they're left with a business that has a self-functioning, highly profitable sales team that the owner is not involved with. And that does two amazing things. It allows you to scale because the owner at that point can work on their business instead of in their business. But secondly, and really dramatically you increase the value of the business two and three times somebody would be willing to pay two and three times the amount uh, for that business based on the fact that they know that if a new person takes over that sales system that churning out of new customers on a regular basis the ability to get new customers almost at will is still going to remain and the relationship with the customer is not dependent on that owner. So they could just replace that owner and keep the business and grow it. And that's massive amounts of value for any company that two or three years down the road is thinking about selling their business. This is what they have to put in place right now. We think about that though too, with specifically with any doctors, like you, you know, you like them, you like their personality, you like their adjustment, their treatment, whatever. But then, you know, they're gone and you bring in a, I guess it's, I don't know if the suggestion is, well, you bring somebody in to groom them as well. But a lot of times, like you're saying, someone buys that business and has 3,000 clients. Well, 90% of them might leave because the doctor's gone, right? Right. So, and that risk is too great for someone to pay. And so there's different ways to acquire mm -hmm. a business. You could pay over time and all that sure. stuff. But sure. if they... You know, God forbid something happens to the to the owner who's deeply involved with that company that they're unable to come in and work every day. It's it goes to zero. It doesn't like it, 
you know, businesses go to zero. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> you yeah, know, sure do. if they don't have the systems in place. I, I mean, we've got a follow up with a with a large construction company today that works in the hospitality space, and you know, I've had I've had a discovery, you know, the initial discovery call with him, and I said, well, who else is responsible for business development and sales? And it's he goes, well, it's me. It's like, okay, well, you've done a pretty good job. I mean, you've grown this and you've grown this organization to in the almost 10 million range, right? Sure. Done a pretty good job. What happens tomorrow? If you walk out the door, something happens, you know, what happens to this organization? He goes, I don't know. And I said, so if you're looking to sell or make an acquisition over the next, let's just say three to five years, and you want to grow your organization between now and then in some way as well. What does that look like? You know, and he's like, we don't, that's why you're here. Yeah, we don't think about that. <laughs> yeah. It looks that's like sales arbiter. Tell him about the story with the, with the three salespeople that he hired. You oh, know, yeah. Part, part of what sales arbiter does, we, we build sales teams and we set these processes. But if you need a sales leader, we're also a staffing company that brings in those sales leaders, you know, at no extra. It's just part of our service. Sure. So it's. It's not like we drop you off with a piece of paper that says you do this, 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 and this. We drop you off a piece of paper, and then we start checking it off. Okay, we're doing this. If one of those things on there is we need to hire a sales leader, we'll do it. That's right. And we'll get the right Interesting. one. So tell us, tell us about the, that story with that one. Because yeah, so he so, kills me. So I said, well, have you, have you tried to do this before? He goes, yeah, I've tried to do it on my own. And I said, well, help me. what did that look like? You know. And so he, gets, he starts to go, and he says, well, I hired... I hired this one guy. He said he was going to bring his, you know, his um, contacts in. We were going to grow business, and you know, and he sold me on him. And after a year, and after paying him a big salary, yeah, I had to, yeah, had to let him go. Yeah, we didn't get one client. And he said, so I didn't learn from that lesson. So I found another guy that I thought was going to do the same thing. Right. Brought him in, ended up paying him actually a little more because I thought he was really going to make it happen. And he didn't bring in one piece of business. These are six-figure salaries. <laughs> yeah. Sure, and nothing, nothing uh, brought in. Not, not one Goonish. piece of business. It's a good Yiddish word, goonish. And, Goonish. Goonish. and so I said, <laughs> and uh, Dan will tell you, so I just kept going down that pain funnel, you know, right. and I kept saying... So what, what kind of impact did that have on the organization? You know, what kind of impact did it have on you? How, how did that impact you personally? You know, I mean, I just keep digging. <laughs> no, I just yeah. keep going because you're going to cry. No, I mean, <laughs> this guy wanted to kill him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I believe it. You know, I like, you know, I mean, you say, I just spent $300,000. And, and reminding tell, him, yeah, tell, him tell him the story about the, the, the one where he went when he flew the guy out to Colorado or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. So he. Oh, which one was that? Well, I'm it's because to... they it, it, he had the wrong guy. Oh yeah, yeah. So oh, <laughs> so it's so brutal. one of the stories is you know, the guy says, "Well, I got this great lead. I got this great opportunity. I want you to, you know, I'm going to fly out to Colorado." They gave him you know expense account, sure. credit card, corporate credit card, you know, the whole nine yards. So. The guy flies out and he takes the project manager with him. And so about 
I think the meeting was about 10 o'clock or something like that. So about 12 o'clock, you know, his phone rings. He answers the phone, and the, it's the project manager calling. And he said, listen, he goes, this deal, you know, uh, they, haven't even, they haven't even bought the, the, the building yet. <laughs> so they, they're just, so they, they're talking about renovating it uh-huh. and, you know, and doing all these things, you know, to a building that hasn't even been purchased by their prospect yet. And they're out in Colorado. And they're already there in the meeting. Whining and dining the guy. <laughs> you know, spending thousands of dollars. To, now, th- that's the cost of not qualifying people. That's right. the cost of forcing a lead where there is none. So how do we do that? How do we... I'd like to share that with the team because yes. I'd like to know, how do we how do we break that old record of feature and benefit? And what do we do for our clients to help them with that? Well, it's not about qualifying. It's about disqualifying quickly. And you got to be ruthless. Because then what's the most important? Listen, you could, you could take away. I, I had a father-in-law, uh, you know, with, uh, with marriages and divorces, you know, there's a million father-in-laws. Hanging sure. Right. There. Okay. Yeah, sure. But this guy was a big dude. He was a, a so he's in like an ex-father-in-law, but he was a, a, a really uh, highfalutin guy. He actually put together deals with like, a, a, actually, Orkin, Orkin Pest Control was sold to Rollins. He orchestrated that deal, and he was the only non-C-suite member, the non-family member of the C-suite of Rollins Corporation. It was the VP of sales, big dude. And uh, I had to meet him when I was going to marry his daughter, or stepdaughter or something. And this was my meeting with him first. He, uh, we went there, you know, went up to his office and the whole thing, and he said, uh, let me tell you something. You can take all my money. You can take all my cars. You could take my plane. You probably could take my family. He says, I can get all that back. He says, you take my time, and it's gone forever. Do not waste my time. That's how you are, and you are, and you are. Your time is your most valuable asset. It's unconscionable to allow somebody to waste your time. It's not fair to them, and it's not fair to you. Disqualify ruthlessly. <laughs> How's that for an answer? It's beautiful. I don't even know where that came from. So, I mean, sometimes yeah. these stories just come out of the air. Part, part of the worry on that, though, I think, is if you, you don't, obviously you're not doing that to piss them off, but you don't want to give them... Like, oh, we can't help you. Next thing you know, they're bashing you on every website that's around to say they couldn't help me and they were rude and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or do you just not care about that? You know, it's like we talk about that all the time because our reputation on social media and Google and whatnot is it, it helps us get business. So we don't want to hurt it by disqualifying leads. You know, we too. have individual clients, not business owners that they're on the phone with. Mm-hmm. I think they're dealing with people that's true that too. are completely different targets. So no, with our no, I, 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 I have to respectfully disagree. Please. Sure. Because most of the time we're dealing with humans. 
<laughs> but you're, you know, you, no, you, it's true. I mean, sure. I'm not dealing with a bank. Uh-huh. Right. I'm dealing with a person at the bank. Right. I'm right. not dealing with a construction company. And I'm anybody can get angry. At the, at, at the construction guy. And when I say ruthless, I don't mean uh, rude. Rudely, sure. You know. Sure. I totally, quickly. I totally under. Is that something you can afford right now? Right. No, that's really put them down. Much. You put them okay. down nicely. Right. So here, here's what I'd like. Uh, here's what we can do. I think you. Uh, there's probably some other company. Let me give you some ideas of other companies you might be willing to work with. Sure, that sure. makes sense. Yeah, that's. Right. Then right. we're on the same page because we put them down. We put them down nicely. A couple minutes. Time is important, and we make sure that we put them down in a way where if they're ever in a position where we can help them in the future, they'll call us. So they're not huge leads or, you know, but we've had calls that we've put down a year later. They're in a situation now in a worse accident and we help them. They remember, we Mm -hmm. tell them, save our number and call us. So it's a nice put down. See, you don't have a case right now. That's not a good fit right now. I like the term. I'm going to, I'm going to steal it from you, David, put down, we put them down. You know, it reminds me of like when you put down your, your animal or when you, when you put down a, a, you know, a horse or something or something, you know, it's you're doing it you have to be compassionate about it i mean you don't want to upset these people right that's not the goal because you're coming in and you're trying to understand what they're in in our world we're trying to understand what their their product or their their issue you know their problem their challenge you know we're trying to understand all that and if there isn't a fit then we're trying to put them down the right way Right. Absolutely. And we're, and we're being compassionate about that. And maybe and give them a little value too for when you walk them out the door, like, Hey, you may want to call this person. They may seem like a better fit or check this website out or who knows. But here's what happens. Yeah. And I'll tell you the, what happens more often than not is then they're the ones that push back and they want you even more. Sure. I mean, it is the, it is the, the classic, you know, swing of the pendulum. Mm. Now, what I will do is I will set up, a, I will help them set up a process where we have clear roles defined on what, what we're expecting of that salesperson to do, you know, for the, for the organization. Mm-hmm. So there's a clear role definition. You know, that's, a lot of companies have that, a job description, right? But make sure it's right and make sure it really communicates, you know, what, what you're expecting, right? So that's the first piece. Sure. The second piece is the KPI document. Let's make sure that there's a key performance indicator document that we're actually showing the sales representative right from the start. So we're saying, hey, we've built this business to 5 million, 10 million, 20 million. We know what it takes to be successful with this organization. Now, will some of these flex and change? Sure, sure they will. Sure. But here is what we're expecting you to do daily, weekly, monthly to be able to meet your goal. And every KPI that's on that document, you're actually sharing that with the salesperson, you know, the potential salesperson that sure. you're going to hire, and you're actually going over that. So there's no mutual mystification. You, they know exactly what they're being expected to do. They know exactly what the role is, okay? Mm-hmm. Then the third one, David, which is so vitally important, is make sure that your compensation plan incents in a way that focuses on new growth, and that also focuses on them, you know, in some cases, uh, uh, protecting the core business. Sure. You know, whether that's some protection in the core business that they bring in, you know, after they become clients. Um, but make sure the incentive plan actually does what it's supposed to do. 
which is incentivized sure. <laughs> the salesperson sure. to grow the business. Sure. So you have those three components, and it's early and often, baby. I mean, that has to happen on the first engagement. So then they understand this is what we expect you to do. This is how we expect you to perform. And guess what? This is how you're going to be compensated for it. I have to clarify one thing just because he gets too fancy with words. Because <laughs> a lot of times the key performance indicators, those KPIs, you're thinking that means results. Actually, it's more of a KBI. It's key behavior uh, indicators. Because what you do is you measure people on the behaviors, the daily behaviors, because you know they're going to get those results. So it's, it, it's not, it, and that gives you the ability for someone to, you know, fire themselves. Dude, listen. The reason why you're not getting those results is because you're not doing this, all right? And, and when you have it perfectly planned out like yourself, like that, it gives you the ability to hire fast and fire even faster. Sure. Here's the beauty of what Dan said earlier, too. I love it. I'm stealing the KBI. And we actually work together every day, and I have never heard that one before. So, uh, so gems. here's the... Here's the beauty of what Dan is... You can have that one for free. <laughs> you had to say the F word? Really? Uh, all right. So, but here's the beauty of what Dan is talking about too, is that when we go back to that example that we said, we, we use the business owner that's built his, his business or her business to five, 10, 15 million. And now they're really looking to get to that next level. See, they know how they got there. So now all what we're doing is we're trying to build resources and foundational processes, right? To help replicate that. So we just want to take we want to take their success that they've had and all of the failures that they've had and uncover sure. all of that so then we can build a program to allow people to come in and and have that same level of success and then start to wean the business off, owner off of that part of the business so they can like Dan said work on the business instead of in it you sure. know yeah, any closing, any closing, uh, any closing remarks, Dan Jordan? Where any, would, any where would uh, people, if, if somebody's watching this and like, man, I need a, I need a fresh pair of eyes, you know, what, how can they find you? Uh, what? what you go what? salesarbiter.com S A L E S arbiter A R T B. It's right up here. That's right. A R B I T E R.com. Uh, and you, or you can, you know, email us. Uh, or call us. Uh, matter of fact, I think both of our uh, both of our direct lines are on that website. So you know we don't hide from anyone. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can link up with us on LinkedIn. Uh, and we are you know we're having a big push right now for our business on the social side. Um, so you're going to see us more out there on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all of it. Cool. So we're you know we're pushing forward on all of the media pieces as well. It's huge. All right. Sure. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. We love it. Good. Thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate you a lot. Awesome. Okay? Thank you. This is right. great. All right. Cool. Very Rock cool. and roll.